You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio, episode... I've already lost it. 219. 219. We are doing some time travel Xehanort shenanigans with the recording of this podcast. We truly are. It is actually, I'll let you behind the curtain. I just did a tweet thread. It is Wednesday. I got that Twitter (laughs) energy in my blood. I'm ready to fight. Feeling spicy. We're in the bunker. We're back in the bunker. This is where it all began, baby. We we brought it home. See, I have (laughs) that bunker energy in me today. Because I can get loud in here. It's good. I can get out. Ah. Can you give me a yell? Ah. yell. That's not, that's crying. Ah. That's not, no. Ah. Not, someone ah. else yell. Ah. Yeah. Ah. There it is. <laughs> All right. All right. Whoa. We are here. We're in the way for radio. Patrick, you're going to Disney. You're going to Disney tomorrow. Is that what's happening? My, is that why we're doing it? Yes, yeah, so we're going to Disney. T- well, tomorrow, in that today is Wednesday. In tomorrow, in the past. When this yeah. comes back, I'm on a flight coming back from Disney. Uh, right. Wednesday, my, flight Monday over Waypoint. That's mm-hmm. the new episode. <laughs> my, da- uh, my daughter has taken on this new thing where, um, very recent, I don't know where it came from, but before she throws an actual tantrum, but when she wants to express that she's frustrated, she's done this. She likes to imitate dogs and like other animals. So she'll like walk away. She'll like go like five steps, like she's setting up to be a gunslinger. She'll turn around and she'll just growl at you. So just oh, go. That's so good. And I'm like, what are you? And I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? And she'll look down. She'll look back up. And I'm like, sure. Express She's yourself. Got that that bunker energy. Yeah. Just like she Austin. does. Have you considered? It, it, it didn't go into me. It went into my daughter. <laughs> that's true. Listen, you were we were recording from the bunker when she was a baby, like when she was literally an infant. True. We were here in the bunker recording, and so maybe that bunker energy passed on. Uh, speaking of bunker energy and high energy, uh, <laughs> on Monday last week we were we were talking about how Apex Legends was about to come out, the new mm-hmm. game from Respawn, the the Titanfall devs. And uh, that game is out now, and we played a bunch of it, and that game gives me bunker energy. Uh, <laughs> I'm also Walker. Natalie's here. Kato's here. Hey. Patrick is here. Yo, yo. Uh, I'll just say it straight up. We're going to take a break at some point. When we come back, it's going to be a different day. Yeah. It might be a different <laughs> podcast group. But for now, we're here. I want to talk about Apex Legends before. I'm out next week also. I'm out all next week. Patrick is out tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, which is why we have to have this conversation today. Um, because the people on this pod right now are the people who played that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a whole bunch, and I, we can get into some of the specifics of why in a moment, but I'm curious, first blush, are people having a good time with this new Battle Royale from the Titanfall team? Um, yeah, I definitely was having a good time with it. I was playing it on my PC at first with you and Joel, Yeah. Um, which my PC does not have the strength to run this game as nicely <laughs> as I would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it <laughs> made me realize like how far behind I am. My PC is like 
a laptop and it's a few years old, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of a bummer because I couldn't really see what I was doing, really. Um, <laughs> kind of kind a bummer. Of important. It's kind of a bummer. It's kind I of important. Do that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. It's not ideal for gaming. For gaming. For having a gaming yeah. computer not to be good for gaming. Yeah. yeah. But it plays House Flipper nice. Anyway. Nice. God damn. Uh, <laughs> House Flipper's great. House Flipper's great. But well, how much better would House Flipper be if it had characters with special abilities? Really sick. And grappling hooks, and you could hack a computer. Really sick. Flipping are like superhero houses. Yes, exactly. Um, but it was it was so much fun. I I uh, installed it on PS4 too and um, played around there so I could actually see like okay this is what it looks like, um, and and had a bunch of fun um, doing that too. It made me miss the days in which I was like super dedicated to Overwatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited about it. it feels like super invigorating to the genre itself and uh i'm so excited to like explore each of those characters and like that's a new excuse to keep playing another round which is like interesting to like i want to try something like completely different and uh and see what that does for me so having a lot of fun for for people who don't know we'll go around the room still with with thoughts but like i want to set up a little bit what the characters are and how it works because the comparisons to like fortnite PUBG, overwatch like titanfall obviously there are a lot of touchstones and if you haven't played the game or seen it which which honestly go do that it's free to play it's on ps4 it's on xbox one it's on pc uh and also it seems like a lot of people have as of this morning i saw 3.5 million unique players so far Mm -hmm. um that who knows what that number actually references like i am playing on multiple platforms so I don't know if I count as two players or three players, right? Mm. Um, but the characters are not like Overwatch characters. In, or they are like Overwatch characters in that there is a tactical, there is like a use ability. There's a Q button hit or a left bumper hit, basically, mm-hmm. that gives you, or now one hit, that gives you a special thing. So like uh, there's a character uh, named Bangalore who she's like, she's sort of what you would think of as like the Soldier 76 equivalent of like she's a soldier yeah. all of her abilities are soldier abilities that's how she's framed she has like a smoke grenade built in which is really like really good i was saying to you kata while playing that like yeah. maybe it was patrick that that it's like they took the the whatever the smoke grenade like knob is at and they're right. like yeah this is probably where it should be and then someone came in that room was like no turn it higher turn it all <laughs> the way up someone tripped over the button it was like oh yes. it's like uh, actually yeah. This no, is better. Keep it there. <laughs> yeah, like you can't see shit. Like good. Nothing. Yeah, if this is an ability you want to wait to use, it should feel really useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The and then her ult is like summoning airstrikes down, and then she has a passive that is when she's getting shot at, she speeds. She does a sprint. She speeds up yeah. automatically, which is sick. Um. So it's so it's like Overwatch in that sense, but it's not like Overwatch in that the characters don't have weapons that are tied to them. Yeah. It's like uh, a battle royale, like Fortnite or or PUBG, where you hit the ground running, you go to loot stuff, you go into houses, you find containers. Um, one of the characters has an, her ult is, um, her ultimate ability is that she summons down like a loot box just for you. This is lifeline. Lifeline, which is so fucking good. So good. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to paint that picture and it's 60 players right now. They said they would like to get it up above that in the future. Um, I think it's like a console limitation type thing on the 60. So we'll see. Uh, and then the other big one is like no wall running, no Titans, but motherfucker, if Austin mech Walker can like (laughs) give up Titans for a good game, give up mechs for a good game. You can do it too at home. Like, try the game out. 
it's better than I expected it to be, and mm-hmm. I was already at pretty high expectations because I like respawn a lot. Uh, a thing we should mention is that it's it's squad based only. Yes. Currently, it is three player squads, and it it kind of shows in the way that they've built these abilities where you can see the natural like synergies, like. One thing that I thought of the other day was Gibraltar has this big like bubble shield that you can hide in. Yeah, you pair that with Lifeline's AOE heal. Right. You in there? Anyone coming in? Like they're wow. gonna get messed I hadn't up. Even thought about yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. I had that thought when we were playing last night, Fuck. and I dropped it, and then you all ran to get to a different piece of cover, which right. was the right call probably. But I thought like but if we shit, had a Gibraltar, we, had, like, we could have put yeah. up a, a barrier. Wow, that'd be really good. Right, and there's small like things that. like that that I'm starting to realize that like. Um, you know, really push the team play a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like send uh send Bloodhound uh through the um the portal uh, or whatever. The portal through Wraith's uh Wraith is one character that can summon a portal um that will like open where wherever she sets it. And Bloodhound can uh like go and vis- He has like Witcher vision, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So he like he can like just straight up See, I mean, Wraith can just do it through it herself and turn invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloodhound can see hidden like, enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and allows uh, they have one that uh allows them to move faster. Uh, uh, their their Q or their ultimate ability. Um, and and highlights like yeah, that highlights event. everything for yeah. everybody. Yeah, it yeah. has like a, a quick scan, which is cool. Yeah, Patrick, the thing that I've loved the most from playing we played last night was one we did the thing that we haven't done probably since PUBG, which is we played a game together after hours. Yes, um, correct. But two, it was one of those things where it was like, one, one more game, one more game. Let's just get one more in real quick. Um, and each of those had some funny story or moment, even when we got just completely... We, yeah, we did not play particularly we play well, well, but we yeah. had uh, a good time. <laughs> yes. We learned yes. something about the the game that's interesting. Uh, like, for my first experience with the game uh, before we hopped on and played was... So, like, this game has, like, a very brief tutorial that, that I would hope eventually gets expanded in scope mm-hmm. in terms of what it allows you to do and becomes more of a training ground as opposed to just what it is now, which is, uh, hey, here's how to jump, slide, and pick up weapons and use, like, swap between grenades. It doesn't really teach you a lot about... It doesn't let you, like, swap heroes to, like, play around with their ultimates to, like, see exactly how they work. You just kind of do that all in the middle of the game. And there's, like, a, such a vast difference in, like, thinking you understand... Even just the basic UI of picking up, equipping things, comparing items, like attaching things to a weapon in the brief tutorial than it is to actually go do that when there are 60 other people yeah. and you're playing in a squad of of three. And so because there's no solo, you have to go in with a squad of three. And I was like, all right. So like I didn't how we a podcast had gotten pushed back. And so I was like, I'm just going to spend an hour with this and like kind of wrap my head around it. And like the first match I got assigned um, was with two people. They were like both like level 12 and 14, which at least shows they spent like, I don't know, you know, six hours probably with the game, like at least a decent amount of time uh, with it. They both had voice chat turned on and are immediately were communicating in a way that like, uh, suggested like they know what they're doing and I just I'm level one I just I didn't even pick <laughs> a character baby. it timed out and just like picked <laughs> oh, the one it was buddy. defaulted on which is fine <laughs> it was the healer character like yeah. and that's like a good place to start um but I just got thrown into it and the people were exceptionally nice we actually made it down to the last squad on squad I think it was three on two and uh, it was actually like a really satisfying match but like even in the midst of all that chaos like you immediately started to so I didn't turn on voice chat because I didn't I was I was legitimately like having anxiety like I don't usually have issues like that but like I was I was so nervous playing this match <laughs> but it immediately communicated really smart things about the game right like so uh, I think there are 
often the reason we don't play games with strangers is because either just people have just like a straight up anxiety about playing with strangers. And also it's just like, it's difficult to communicate um, if you don't want to turn on voice chat. And if you don't want to talk to people, it's like, well, how do you do anything in a game that's based around communication? And just like immediately every game is going to rip off what uh, they're doing here in Apex. But it's just as simple as like, so hey, good. like there's, um, a, a, you know, let's say you've got, you don't have a helmet. Um, like you can, any, any item in the world, whether it's an attachment, a weapon, um, armor, um, an item, you can just tap a button and it tags it with an icon that all the players can see. There is a, uh, audio cue that goes out that says like, oh, this is here. And like, there was an instance where, uh, one of the guys I was playing with, um, he was like, I really need a helmet. I really need a helmet. And I just happened to be around the corner, helmet tapped. So it's like, I'm not talking to him. I didn't want to talk to him, but had I not talked to him, he might not have found that helmet. Maybe we don't get further in the match. And like, right. there's just all these really tiny things the game is doing exceptionally well that I expect. Even if you don't get into Apex, you're going to see parts of Apex influence a lot of games that aren't even necessarily Battle Royale games. Yeah. There was yeah. a there was a moment last night while I was playing. The other thing you can do is you can tag um, stuff in your inv- empty spots in your inventory. So if you need ammo for a weapon, if you open up your inventory and hit the tag button while, while pointing at it, you will, which is like middle mouse or right bumper, your character will automatically be like, I really need heavy ammo or like, I really need a helmet. And so there was a moment last night. So after we finished playing Kato and Patrick, (laughs) I was like, all right, one more just with a random pickup game. And I won that game. And I like got six kills. Oh, good. We got got 22 (laughs) kills overall. Like we killed over, we killed over a third of the rest of the the fucking uh, pack. Um, But there was a moment early on where I was like, oh, I need, I need shotgun ammo because I was out because we just got into a fight. And then there was a moment a little bit later where someone just like, we were like escaping from that area and someone came over and just dropped shotgun ammo and marked it at my feet to be like, oh yeah, I picked this up for you. But we weren't talking. None of us were on voice comms. And I was like, oh, I, I switched guns already, but should I not? Because I was like, stopped using that shotgun. You picked a minute it up, ago. right? You picked it oh, up. Of course I picked it up. And then I went, wait, and then I was like, you know what? This is a sign. I went back and got the shotgun. I used that shotgun to get the final kill in the game. hundred percent would not have gotten the win without that shotgun. So, and then, so it's the other thing is like, I can, I can walk through what that whole game was like with them. Yeah. And obviously it's a new game. You always have more stories to tell when you first start playing a game because mm-hmm. everything feels so novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the, everything from like the movement, which again, there's no wall running, but there's a good slide sliding mm-hmm. down hills feels really good. There's a good mantle where you jump up and you'll kind of clamber up yes. the side of a wall and like, uh, uh, got it, got it. And pull yourself up. Um, and the way that those things plus the hero abilities uh, come come together means that I have like so many good little mini stories just from that one game, let alone all of the games I've played so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was a game that ended. I know, like it ended in Skull Town, which is which is a great <laughs> name for a part of the map. <laughs> And I thought it would just be a bunch of bones, and it is a bunch of bones. But under the bones is a city, is a town oh. that's like a bunch of three or four story tall, like like almost like apartment complexes. Um, and it was this amazing final the final couple of circles because. Again, if you haven't played a, a Battle Royale game, it's a big, big map, and then the circle closes in around the map. I know most people have played it, but like you have <laughs> to stay inside of that circle. If you go outside, you take damage. When it got to down to the final couple of circles, there were still like six squads left. It was still like very populated, and this is why our kills ended up being so high, because yeah. my two teammates were super aggressive, and we played super aggressive the whole time. It's why my kills ended up being so high, is because they were just like, no, we're going to get into fights. We're going to get purple level shields and top tier shields. We're going to have a lot of shields, and we're just going to be better at them up close. And that wasn't like communicated in words, but that's how it played out. Right. And so we were just doing these like really great, like it's the closest a shooter has ever made me feel 
feel to doing a basketball play where there's like picks, you know, pick and rolls. There's like <laughs> setups where you're like, all right, I'm going to go in and fuck them up. Then I'm going to drop smoke back out. And then you're going to rush in and get the final hit because you're going to have the shields that I don't have anymore. And that was all just happening naturally based on the way the play was coming, coming together. And it ended up with this fight in this area that reminded me of the, the desert map in Monster Hunter World. Mm. You know, in Monster Hunter World, there's that the desert map where you fight the it's like where the there's like the mud and stuff like that also right, right. it's the second map i think yeah um, Dia- where, diablo diablo one yeah you remember where there's like the big sand dune that you can kind of that like in the yeah. northwest yeah. of that map there's skull town has those giant sand dunes all mm. around so it's like huge dinosaur bones underneath that are sand dunes and then kind of below them in the valley is the town and so it ended with this amazing sequence of like trying to get the sand dunes to give us cover or then sliding down the sand dunes to get up momentum and like jump over people. It ended up just being this like really fantastic, I wish I'd recorded it so bad, but it was like one of my favorite like multiplayer experiences in a long time. And that was just playing with randos. Like yeah. Yeah. that's not even the moment when Joel was playing with us. It was, <laughs> he was at us two mm-hmm. and did the thing where he was like, I'm going to open up a portal and then sneak up on these guys and open up yeah, the other half of the It would have been perfect. But it it, been they perfect. caught us. They caught us yeah. trying to sneak through that portal and it went bad. It went bad. But like all of that stuff com- combines to just be really like n- narrative in the sense of like I'm telling the story of what happened mm-hmm. and you fucking know that's what I want in games more yeah. than giant yeah. robots even. Yeah. Oh, I want to I want to share uh, something that the uh, the Apex tweet uh, Twitter account put out. Um, uh, fun fact: we play test we play tested for a month with voice comms off and fake names to simulate playing with random people, <sighs> and that allowed us uh-huh. to feel things out in an authentic way. Awesome uh, to see folks uh, using and enjoying smart comms. I think the fact that they, I think it is uh, evident in the game that they did stuff like that yeah. in order to get mm-hmm. a better Absolutely. sense of yes. like what, because that's really like like the, I think it's probably one of the huge design, uh, maybe not flaws or more consequences of how games like PUBG um, and even Fortnite are designed. A lot of the Battle Royale games, like they rely so much on or they lose so much in playing with strangers that stranger runs often just be, become a crapshoot and or I'm just going to try something weird or check out this place and just see what it goes. Yes. You know, like, you don't, you don't actually go into it thinking you're going to have a meaningful experience. And so the fact that they were cognizant of that thinking through what is the stranger experience going to be like is, you know, I still think playing with friends is the better way to play this game. That's gonna just yep, going totally. to be the case with a, a team-based um, communication-heavy game. But... They seem like they've really smartly bridged the gap in a lot of ways where, like, again, like the first match I had, we made it all the way to the end. I had a good experience. I was only stressed because I was so new to the game. But, like, I had a really pleasant time. And that's not going to be every single time. You're going to get people to drop by. You're going to get, you know, shitty people playing with you. But Mm -hmm. it just seems like they've made certain considerations about quality of life. Even small stuff like, uh, there's, like, speech to text, right? Where, like, people will speak and will, like, translate it to text, um, which is both an accessibility. Yeah, yeah, I haven't turned it on. It I meant to, um, which is both an accessibility thing. That's like it's really smart so that people can be on voice and talk to people that either don't want to be use voice, can't use voice. Um, but that's also just, you know, when you're in the middle of the game, if you're in the middle of a firefight, it's a whole lot easier to have the text show up than it is to like yep. pay attention to someone barking uh, over your, your headphones. So it's just it's a very uh, thoughtful game that even if even- you actually don't like these types of games it's worth just downloading and checking out yeah. just to see what they've done because it's, it's a very smart game even if ultimately it ends up not being for you mm-hmm. even the um the thing where when you drop out at the beginning of every match 
there is a jump master. There was one person on your <laughs> yeah. team who was like, oh, this side. Is, what is, yeah. It's so mm. good. Because like, think, if you've watched Breakfast and Battlegrounds, you know how often we go, oh, yeah, let's go to the school. And then something happens, <laughs> and one of us winds up to the east by, you know, three minutes or something. Yes. Which, set, yes. which set of houses? Oh, which you know, ha- th- no, oh, shit. no. I, I thought you meant the apartments. I'm in the apartments. I'm at the top of the apartments. Are you at- I'm on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas here it links you all up and it says, hey, there's a jump master. They're gonna like you're gonna fly out in fucking skydiving jetpack formation. Yeah. It's a beautiful like smoke color, like colored smoke behind oh, you. So which cool. is really sh- helpful. Yes. Yeah. Because it shows you where everyone else goes. Yeah. Also, Mirage, who is like the the shitty like Johnny Cage style superstar like famous dude yeah. uh, who can send out holographic projections of himself he can do that while he's skydiving it got me you can, the other you can we send playing. in a fake one as if to like oh yeah I'm gonna go over there actually or ahead of you so that people think that you're landing to like the the north end of a section but you're actually landing at the south end oh that's cool it's very cool um that well, or you can, you can still never, break you, off. Yeah. Right, that's what I was going to say. It was like, yeah, you. I specifically was thinking when we were doing it last night, it's like, it's cool because I can both like look around, start. we can start talking through strategies while one person is, is getting you to the place. And, and yes, it avoids the problem of like someone just goofing up with they are, are using their parachute. But it also, by leaving it, like, because a different game would have just kept it, hey, you're all going to the same spot. But the fact that you can split off, it's like, you know, when you play with someone like Will Smith or, or Joel Fowler, like people who are just like, so much better than you at yeah. these types of games and are the kinds of people that are, that are thinking three moves ahead of where you're currently at. Like those are the people that you want to like, Hey, I'm going to go split off. And like, I'm actually just go- that squad went over there. I'm just going to take care of them. Like, I'm just going to yeah. go do it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you want to give people the ability to, to go do that. And even the heroes themselves don't feel so reliant on a rock, paper, scissors that yes. if you remove one from the equation, like if if you're, if you lose someone, it doesn't mean that your squad is screwed in a way that sometimes PUBG uh, and certainly Fortnite often felt yeah. that, like the moment you were down a player is just like, well, what's even the point? Like it's, you're yeah. probably just going to be screwed by overwhelming numbers. And you know, this is so early in this game's life cycle. Who knows how this will feel as people get better. Um, but have we, initial have impressions we... suggest that it's not going to be nearly as devastating and, and, and different uh, cross sections and numbers of players can still accomplish things. And that's another huge thing that we haven't mentioned yet, actually, is that there is a respawn mechanic. Yes. Even if someone yeah. is dead, dead, you can pick them back up, and in certain points around the map, you can have them drop back in, and they don't have anything, but still, like, the fact that you well, can like, bring back... That champion, the game that I got champion on last night, the yeah. one that we won on, uh, that happened, right? We yeah. lost another player pretty early on, and I was like, all right. So two things happened. One, one person was down, the other person was dead. Uh, and so when they when they die, you have ninety seconds to get to their to their like they, you leave behind like a big box basically. You have to get there and like scan their thing and get their respawn banner or whatever. Um, but you also have to like make sure that you've cleared out the enemies. So yeah. I had like a really good moment where I I knocked out the whole team. One, if you knock out the whole team, your character has a special thing that they say to the rest <laughs> of the squad, which nice. is basically the equivalent of like yeah I took them out. Like yeah I dealt <laughs> with that whole squad, whole squad down or something like that. And it's unique for each character, which is good. Lots of character in the hit voice down to say thank you when someone gives you something oh it's so good mm-hmm. you want to hit the down button yes it's so good you'd be like yeah thanks is really good two um then you then i ran over and like got it and like made the made the run to like heal this person back um and it it at no point did i feel out of control even when i was in the firefight against three people 
Respawn makes good first-person shooters, and most mm-hmm. of the time, three-on-one, you're going to lose. Right. But it in PUBG, in Fortnite, three-on-one, I'm dead every fucking time. I'm yeah. never having a good run in PUBG where I make a cool tactical move and I jump through some windows and I use the grappling hook. This happened to us last night yeah. where, where it was down to like the wire with the three of us, and there was a moment where I was like, I think I could pull this out. Instead, I ran into a house and yeah. ran upstairs, and they just got me. But I could have uh, just left, or I could have waited outside and set a trap for them. Right. And in the game that went well for me, that was the thing that kept happening. As we went, two of us get knocked down, one of us just like carries through and gets the win. Um, or there was the moment last night when we were playing where there's uh, it was like the west side of the map. I don't know the names of a lot of the places yet, but there's like a dam or something. There was like mm-hmm. it's like the ocean is to your west, and then there's a big wall that separates this kind of port area from the rest of the map. And in the wall is like there's an inside of it. There's like a building inside of it and there was people trying to punch through but I had noticed that because of something and I used my grappling hook as the robot to uh, whose name I'm forgetting safe something Pathfinder 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 to zip up to the top of the wall and sneak around on them and pu- and push in that way while y'all were attacking from the front. Yeah. And we killed that first squad. <laughs> that first squad. And then there was a second <laughs> squad. Second and we squad. got we got eight up. Uh, um there was just so much that I think is a good and it it is it feels like a video game. It yeah. doesn't feel like um a it, formula. Yeah. 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 And just the fact that Pathfinder, the his ability that you can see oh, the so future uh, rings. Like, that is not... Yeah. You, no other... Uh, Pathfinder has an ability where there's certain spots around the map where uh, he's a robot uh, and he, he like, can hack into these antennae that will show you what the next circle will be. Yeah. Which we went into it. We are like, yeah, that seems like it could be useful. And the second we did it, we were like, oh, <laughs> I have so much information about the world now. I know exactly what the fuck to do now. Yeah. We still got killed before we got to yeah, use that information, but, but it was so, cool. Yeah. It was cool. That's really cool. Um, the, I, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to talk about, like, the characters themselves. Yes. And, um... What's uh, interesting is, or what's cool, I guess I'll say, is that the there's a lot of diversity in the characters here, um, uh, both in terms of like race and and body type and uh, gender. There's uh, Bloodhound specifically uh, uses they them pronouns, and I think uh, Apex has uh, said that uh, they're non-binary. Yeah, they came. Uh, Allegra Clark, who is the voice actor Allegra is is uses she her but is a queer woman it is, mm-hmm. is not non-binary but did come out today and, and say like there's been some back and forth this is from Twitter there's been some back and forth on the subject but Bloodhound through my recording process has been non-binary with they them pronouns this distinction may not be important to you but it's important to others so please be respectful and use neutral pronouns and like goes on and on and on to kind mm-hmm. of say this is why this is important mm-hmm. um and that like like you can say that I'm lying about this but I know through my entire experience this character was non-binary which mm-hmm. I think is is Really cool and important. Um, yeah. uh, Gibraltar's uh, uh, write-up is like, references a boyfriend of his. Yeah, he's also Pacific Islander. Yes, and does like a haka, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, again, this is a situation where it's like, this stuff should just be the thing it is. Like, yeah, there's a great uh, piece from Gita Jackson over on Kotaku right now about like sort of the ambivalence mm-hmm. that she felt towards this. Um, uh, it's titled, uh, sadly, it's surprising that there are two black yes. women in Apex Legends. Yep. Yeah. Um, there are two black women in Apex Legends. One of them is the Soldier 76 character, um, which says a lot because that is going to be like a default character for a lot of people yeah. to play. It's um, that and the support, right? And the support lifeline, um, who I don't know exactly where she's from, but she has like a sort of patois yeah. accent. 
Um, uh, I haven't looked into it, but she's from space. Is the thing? Oh, she's mm-hmm. from a space colony mm-hmm. because they're not from Earth anymore. No one's from Earth. Gotcha. But, so it's just like, oh yeah, this is a voice she has. Gotcha. Um, um, so yeah, so it's there. There's there's two things here. There's like hell yeah, people are being represented, and there's a lot of diversity here, and it feels good that that's just here at the jump. But also. This isn't a narrative game. This isn't a game where like these stories are being built out outside of like quips and right. and small like narrative sort There's of like the cut scene intro and thing. cut the cutscene intro. Yeah. And so and so yeah, there's like a weird ambiguity here that is like one, you have like the physical, like visual representation, um, but also are sort of lacking the like narrative foundation to yeah. or not foundation because you have the foundation, but the narrative build out to really put legs on it. Whatever really going on a mission it. with Gibraltar and his boyfriend. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe his boyfriend gets added to the game one day or something, but like it's not that sort of game. It's like not... it had really great quips between each other. That'd be that so would be cute. great. That'd be extremely <laughs> That'd be really cute, cute and good, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they could have a oh man, if you're on opposite teams, you uh, have like <laughs> lovers quarrel. So yeah. I mean like it's a game inside of the world. Mm-hmm. It's right. not clear if people are dying. I guess not. Probably people people probably aren't dying forever because you can just res them yeah. already, right? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what the I don't know what the fiction is for it. I'm okay with it, basically. Yeah. Um, God, there's like more I want to talk about, but it is, it is. I think this is probably a good conversation, probably a good point to take a break for Patrick to get on a plane. That's not what's going to happen. Patrick's not getting on a plane quite yet. <laughs> Patrick's getting on my plane. In the timeline, yeah. In the timeline, yeah. you're you're going to get on a on the timeline. You're going to get on a plane, and then you're going to be back on Friday to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Except we're going to record that Kingdom Hearts conversation right now. <laughs> wait. So wait, wait, no, hold on. This this comes after. No, no, we have the third one that has to go up. The third one hasn't gone up yet. You just oh heard, yeah, I just yeah. You, you just, did the thing I that I did Natalie. the thing. God yeah, damn yeah. it. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, thank you for talking about Apex Legends. People should try it. Like I, I'm having such a good time with it. Um, and there are loot uh, boxes. There are loot boxes. There are. I got a. I got a, a banner for. Uh, I've already forgotten his name again. Pathfinder. Pathfinder. That just says like whoop ass, whoop, <laughs> and then like you know, uh, just like Robot other characters. Speak? It doesn't say, oh. you know, it's like at symbol, oh, number symbol, etc. Um, dollar sign, dollar yeah, sign. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, and then like beer cans. It's like a Stone Cold Steve Austin ass <laughs> thing. Anyway, that just shows up in front of me when I play. Safe. I keep wanting to say safe house. Why do I want to say safe house? Safe house is a good name for a robot. Yeah, that is. Safe house is a good name for a but robot. But that's not really Pathfinder's no, role. No, Pathfinder mm. is, is Pathfinder. Yeah, so it's a grappling hooks for people and, and zip lines and yeah, Pathfinder. All right. Anyway, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about other stuff. Who knows what? Because it'll be the future when we record it. <laughs> Peace. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
And we are back, and we have traded out Patrick Klepik for Rob Zachney. Hi, Rob. Hey, congrats on your free upgrade. <laughs> damn. God damn. Wow. Murdered a man <laughs> in cold audio. Uh, Rob, before we jump into the next conversational topics, do you have any, any lingering Apex Legends thoughts that we would have had from you if only you'd been on the call before? <coughs> Uh, not really. I would like to be better. Uh, I will say that there is something about the way that game is put together that makes it extremely satisfying yeah. when you are in a close quarters gun battle. Like yeah. when shit is like going down in that game, I feel like John Wick is the only way I can describe <laughs> it. Like yeah. I am like switching weapons, just unloading on people as quickly as possible, swapping out weapons. Uh, it's it's wonderful. It's it's a delight. And then throwing special like hero powers into that mix. It's pretty much what I want uh, from from a game like this. This might be the Goldilocks situation. It's like it's funny because like we recorded this the other day, the first half of this conversation a couple of days ago, and they had had three point five unique players. They are now over ten unique, uh, 5 million? million. Ten unique players. <laughs> oh my god! Ten. All of us wow. plus four of our friends. Uh, over <laughs> sounds over, ideal, honestly. Yeah, it had been three point five million players. Now it's over ten million unique players. Over one million unique concurrence. At, at, you know, as their high, they might be up higher today. Even I haven't checked it today, so it's doing really well. I'm super excited to play more of it. I'm going to try to load it. I'm going on a trip next week. We're still recording this before Monday. You're hearing this on Monday. We recorded it on some past day this week and also Friday. Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday sounds right. It couldn't have been Tuesday, what right? What is this week? What is time? What is time? Oh, did we do it yesterday? When did we do Kingdom Hearts? Wednesday. 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 Patrick wasn't here yesterday. Yeah, right. Patrick left. So but today's Wednesday. Monday. I hate this. <laughs> um. Anyway, that game's still good. I've played it more. It's still good. Um, what else do we want to, what else is going on? I mean, I Wait, guess I have a segue. Other... I have a segue. Back up. Okay. Austin, right. forget what you were saying. I have a segue. You know, there's another world where time isn't consistent and the hours are unreliable. Kingdom Hearts. Washington, D.C. <laughs> could you, could you fuckers just play along just once? You know what I'm getting to. You right, know what game I'm bringing let's up. Let's try this. Let's try no. this. Do you want to try it again? Do you want to do it one more time? Do you want to go back and time? What was the setup? Time isn't consistent. One, two, three. You know, there's another game where time isn't consistent and the hours cannot be trusted. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. <laughs> what a great game! We should just talk about that. Where's the Waypoint yeah. 101 on Prince on of Prince of Persia, Persia, Sands of Time? We have a document you can fill out and request a 101. Now that's how. <laughs> do we're, we really? I don't know. There's a document that has a bunch of potential 101s in it. There is, but nobody has <laughs> access to that except us. <laughs> Fuck. Rob, you can submit Prince of Persia. I thought you were talking to the audience. No. <laughs> oh, I Thank you. It's called social media. It's called yeah. discourse.zone. It's called not my DMs. Not, it's absolutely <laughs> called not my DMs. Rob Zachney, where is the world where time is fucked up? Well, now that you mention it, like there's a bunch of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, Twitter. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm speaking specifically of the world of Fallen London, uh, which I guess now we might consider... The World of Sunless Skies, uh, which mm. is a direct sequel to Sunless Sea, which is fail, fail betters. Um, what is the way to describe this? Industrial fantasy. That's a is decent good, way of describing it's, it. It's like the thing that you want to say is steampunk, but good. Re revisionist <laughs> steampunk? Yeah, well, like non-revision. Well, mm, steampunk that is not revisionist in the sense that it is not just apologia for empire. 
right? Like, yeah. there's lots of garbage steampunk that is just, like, nice outfits and balloons and, like, tally-ho adventurism that mm-hmm. does not confront the fact that the aesthetics of of the kind of what we think of as Victorian England, uh, and actually it's not, we're mostly not even talking about Victorian England, we're not going to get into it, uh, is actually Edwardian aligned. Fools. Yeah, exactly. It's actually Edwardian. Um, <laughs> is actually uh, aligned with, I didn't with know that. the, yeah, when we say Victorian, we uh, it's complicated. We Look, she reigned Edwardian? for a long time. She reigned for a long time. And that's not like, yeah, anyway. It was Look, like she, 80 years, right? I'm not sure. I thought uh, she had like. Some. A long ass. She had band. a diamond jubilee. You don't get a di- diamond jubilee until you like. What, what is a diamond anniversary? That's sixty, 50. right? Because fifty is golden. Oh, then sixty. Then sixty. Yeah. So she is like sixty and change. Can't wait Point. till I get to my sixtieth anniversary and I finally get some diamonds. It's fifty. She. Mm. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, what were we gonna say? Sixty-three years. How long she reigned? Oh, that's the point a long time. is, a lot of steampunk is just kind of like nice hats and like gears ex- and like it has the yeah, gears and steam and mm-hmm. like aether and like goggles. occasion goggles healed boots healed boots sometimes Those are uh, corsets did we say gears already lots of gears <laughs> um and like often the empire is there right colonialism is there but it's kind of like fun colonialism <laughs> It's going on an adventure to the the mystical east or to the dark jungles. And it's like, hmm, y'all aren't really, like, engaging with this in any meaningful way. But Fail Better's uh, series of games set in the fallen London, extended fallen London universe definitely have, have, for the most part, been more interested in the real categories of people that, that Edwardian and Victorian England and specifically the industrial era produced in Western Europe uh, in their perspective of the world. Uh, it's always been interested in in uh, disabled bodies, in uh, mental health, in the foreign, um, even though the perspective has always been focused on, you know, London. London set in hell up until now, I guess. Is Fallen London a specific thing? So Fallen London was a web-based um, mm-hmm. game. Like, it's hard. It's, it's interactive fiction. Okay. Is that that's yeah. like the, the quick and dirty, right? Did you play it, Rob? Did you ever play Fallen London back it, in the day? I played it a lot, but I started to fall into uh, loops that began to get really frustrating because it was a the business model was you had limited number of you had a limited number of actions. So once you had built up, like once you had you'd had your cooldown, you could click a new new button that would make a new new piece of story appear. Uh, so you could go to a new place and like do one thing, and eventually. Uh, you would sort of run out of actions and you'd have to chill uh, for a while. And that was kind of the the way that worked. Uh, and a lot of the game was just about sort of figuring out, building the map of how the game worked in your head so that you would know what locations you needed to go to to collect one resource and then where you could bring them to drop off another and unlock a new branch of the story. That right. is how a lot of that game unfolded. To a degree, that is how Sunless Sky still unfolds. Right. It just happens in a much more literal sense. Um, the, one of the things that they changed in Fallen London recently is, maybe not even that recently, but they added a like a, a subscription service to Fallen London, the online game, uh, that gives you access to certain stories that are free from that sort of 
energy system. Um, and I think subscribing also gives you more. I also want to say a quick disclosure. A friend of the site, former writer for the site, friend of mine, Jack DeKeat, has done some some IF work for Fallen London, not for Sunless Skies. Um, but I'm actually pretty sure... I, Sunless, fail better worked with enough writers in the world of games that just blanket disclosure, we probably worked with someone <laughs> who yeah. wrote for Sunless Skies at some point. <laughs> um, but tell me about Sunless Skies. I'm familiar with Sunless Seas. Sunless Sea? See, yeah. single so C. something critical has happened here. Uh, if you're not familiar with this world, the entire conceit is that at some point in the Victorian era, London is just like sucked into hell, basically. You, it ends up in uh, the underworld on the shores of the Untersee, and everything there is weird and fantastical. And... That was the setting for Fallen London, and then Sunless Sea was about taking a boat onto the Untersea and seeing what was out in this wider world. Mm. Uh, something has happened in that world that, like, I feel like I missed a beat. It might maybe I, maybe it's in the ending of Sunless Skies, which I which I never uh, was Sunless Sea, which I never saw. Um, but now, London has taken to the stars, uh, has taken to the skies, and I think it may have killed a sun. Hell um, but yeah. anyway, like the the son, a like son. someone's son, like their child. No, like a star. It's are there in, multiple? There are. There okay. are. Okay. It's <laughs> a hard thing to describe. the The way I would put it is, do you know how like um, oh, what's that? What is the movie I'm thinking of, Austin? The Event Horizon. Uh, not Event Horizon. Uh, uh, shoot Prince a cannon, of shoot a cannon to the moon full of people. They offload. It's early film. Oh, like, film. oh, the first, like, man, uh, the, uh, Ooh, wow, like the moon's face. Yeah, the one with yeah. the moon's face, the, like, and it's all black and white. Film. And they're like, hey. And they're yeah. like, it's like the first one. Right, the yeah. first the movie. The first movie. Uh, yeah. Moon Man. That moon one. Moon. I've typed into Google moon movie, that moon one. We it's, don't mean moon. Uh, early. It's called A Flight to the Moon. Journey to the Moon. Journey. A trip to the Moon. A trip to the I moon? think it's Journey. A trip to the Moon is 1902. That's pretty early. That's pretty early. It's it's the Voyage dans la Lune. Yeah. That sounds yeah. right. So you know how oh like gosh. that movie kind of imagined space working? It's like kind of this like late like Victorian there's a big man Edwardian. In the, in the moon? No, like, like it's just a place that if you could just like launch yourself high enough, yes. you could just like yes. get around and do shit like normal. And also everyone has like goofy stars. Everyone has goofy hats on. Yeah. That's basically this world in a lot of ways. Like London has escaped the underworld and now exists in the skies, which are divided into these different like regions or spheres. <laughs> and it is a really wild and chaotic place. Mm. And London has gone from kind of being this exiled city that's been uh, abandoned by the surface to once again kind of reasserting its imperium uh, mm. in, in the stars. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing is like Fallen London to date was very much the sense that like Victorian London was somehow on its last legs because of this transition, right? Like it was, its circumstances were getting increasingly dire. Uh, everything was kind of like rotted and mildewing as the city, which has no business being in the underworld, uh, now begins to weather and wear uh, in these new circumstances. That has flipped, and now London is kind of once again uh, a great power and is starting to try and 
assert dominance and exploit some of the resources it is finding in this sort of uh, fantastical vision of the heavens. Okay. That seems cool. Uh, So what I remember from Sunless Sea is it was like a blend of some of the Fallen London slash Echo Bazaar. The name of that game was originally Echo Bazaar, which I'd forgotten until I just looked it up. Uh, Kind of IF mechanics where where the, the interactive fiction stuff would happen like the you would get store you would get like oh oh you need six um you know jars of tar to open up this next like pathway down the story story beat and to do that in in fallen london you would just like go click the button six times to get to do the activity path that would give you the six jars and maybe that would take you all week but at the end of the week you'd cash it in and get like the next big chunk like of story week in of real, of real life, uh-huh. yeah, you give it was like it was like one of those games that gave you like, oh, you've ten actions to do today, and they you will end up with like resources and you was have this, stats. Was this like monetized at all? Like was there yeah, any, yeah, 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 absolutely. like you could origi- pay for more chances, more energy, basically, more. yeah, okay, yeah, it was like one of those early web based games right, that would right, totally right. monetize itself that way. Sunless so Sea was the was you're a sea captain going through the Unter Sea, which is like the underground sea of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had, but it had the similar things like, oh, I want those six jars of tar so I can give it to the the weird sisters on this island who will open up the you know explain to me the horrors of the seas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get those six things, maybe I often do other like. Um, jobs for other people or I get into combat because on the sea had me on a boat and I had like a crew and I had equipment to equip and I remember not loving the combat. I couldn't even describe it to you now because it's conflated in my mind with a different combat system that was originally in the game that I remember from watching videos and like gifs of and they traded that out for I think something that was a little bit more like direct action. Yeah, so it's very much like um, Is this the same? Imagine also- a bullet hell shooter without the hell. Uh, so you Wait, are just a spinning little. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. So you're controlling your little vehicle, your little ship in Sunless Seas, or your little your this little train. This looks so scaly. Sunless... It's a train. It's, it's a, a train. train. You have a space train in Sunless. It's a space train. But it's only the engine. It's not like a whole long train, right? Which yeah. One's no, it's the it... first one. Seas. The locomotion. Engine. What do you mean? The At first... the front of the train with the engine. The locomotive. The engine. The... The yeah. locomotive, okay. Yeah. Okay, front. I was just looking for the cooler word for it than the caboose. engine. That's the okay. back end. Were you just trying <laughs> no, to find the steampunkiest term for it? Yeah, locomotive I'm, is to, definitely yeah. I'm trying to dive right in. I got Immerse you. myself. Uh-huh. Uh, Locodirigible, I think, then would be Ooh. the term. Ooh. That's the steampunk uh, one. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, so you're, you're piling this little train around, and it's always in, in the center of the frame. And when you encounter an enemy, you sort of use... WASD controls to spin your little locomotive facing one way or the other and you shoot at things. That's the combat system. It's so it's like a space... Time. Okay. Yeah. It's like a top-down space shooter with an open world. So it's not like a space shooter like Galaga. It's like a space shooter like a one where you look top-down and hit WASD to yeah, move forward. For oh, sure. like uh, Escape Velocity 2, Nova. The classic Mac. No one knows? No. Okay. Nope. Um, Sounds good. Uh, like space pirates and zombies. Point is, you're, but this is the thing, you're, you're really not here for the action and you weren't okay. in Sunless Seas. Like, the combat system is serviceable, but there's there's very few cases where I was like, damn, that was a good fight. This is not really a game where you have good fights. What you're there for is the world world building, the lore, the storytelling. And 
I remain, I'm still trying to work through my feelings about this game. Sure. Because the way all of their games have worked, all of Fail Better games, the writing is very good. The writing is very um, rich. And in a lot of places, I would say like almost sensual. Like it's like the thing they love to describe is what is it like? Like imagine the coziest little tea room where you get just the things you want and find the comfiest chair and the most delicious little treats and put your feet up. They will write a paragraph about that and it will be so evocative. You'll, you'll almost feel that space. Yeah. And then you're back out in the game world. It's, Mm. it's very nice. But the way, the reason it works, I think is because they do parcel it out in these little, in these little doses, right? It's, it's like, um, little like truffles of story. Mm-hmm. And the entire thing is designed to prevent you from ever getting a whole bunch at once to gotcha. keep you having these sort of long periods of just sort of like meditative reflection on the scenery, the world you're passing through. And then you go to a place, you play that little interactive fiction game a little bit more and more story stuff happens. Hmm. Um, the difference between this and Sunless Sea is that this one feels hard as hell. Really? I don't know. Like, I do not remember getting I was not my good. ass. I was not good at Sunless Sea, so maybe, maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. That may, yeah, maybe this, Sunless Skies is just going to fuck me up all the way. This one feels tougher, man. Like, like tougher in the encounters or just tougher oh, to, like, navigate around? Yes to both, actually. Huh. Um, Great. So, Natalie, there's an important detail I left out uh, about mm-hmm. the way this game ends on the sea works. If your character dies... They're gone. And yeah. you sort of, it's like Crusader Kings too. You start with a new character who inherits some of what your character banked in the previous life, but you are starting over. And the world kind of resets around you. And you have to re-explore uh, everything. I was like chain dying from the start. I failed the opening quest line like eight times wow. uh, in this game. And then the moment I turned on merciful mode where I'd be able to restore from an autosave, I stopped dying. Like it was like I... I got my shit together and I've been playing huh. pretty successfully ever since. But so that's just that's just a mode that allows you to save, not that changes like any sort of difficulty of encounter or right. Merc- okay. it, it allows you to reset from an autosave. So you don't get to like just save anywhere you want. Uh-huh. It it is like when was the last time you were safe in port? Mm, right. You gotcha. can reload from that save, but what you can't do is reload from before things got really fucked up three ports ago, before you made that disastrous decision to be like, <laughs> I think I've got enough food and fuel to make it to this next location, and you don't, and your crew right. starts to turn to cannibalism. Right. Well, that's oh, the other thing. That's God. the thing that we left off is that like this is also a resource management game, right? Yeah. Like this is a game where you need food, you need fuel. That's what happened to most of my sunless seas runs. Would be like I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I have done a bad job of keeping myself in the black in goods I need in just like, yeah, things would things would go really bad. What's, I lost a lot of friends. What's well, the impact of that when you do get food back? Like if everyone does, if you don't die and you're not starting from a new character, like how does that, ch- like that change? Like, like having know, cannibalism? Yeah. That changes someone, right? So, like, well, yes and no. Uh, so the thing about this world has always been that it's luridly horrific. This is a world where, like, look, every gentle person at one point or other, another has probably had to resort to cannibalism. That's just the nature of this world. We've all done it. Nobody likes to talk about it. Nevertheless, it is, is that accepted. the elephant in the room? Not just that, though. There's also the fact that, look, the dead walk among us. Like, they, like... 
there there are tomb colonies where people are. are just like, I'm tired of living. I'm gonna go after the tomb colony. And they get wrapped up in like old movie mummy bandages, and then they're just hanging out in the tomb colonies. But sometimes they get bored and they're like, I sure would like to go back and like hang out my at my old haunts. And everyone's like, What the hell is this like decrepit, decaying mummy? doing in what my bar you're in hell you started you were you were in hell i guess now you're in he- you're in the stars but like the weird magic stars right so, yeah wow so know, the this world, world does sound like super the world is fucking dope like it really is uh there's a lot going on that i've always enjoyed i will say this right now like a quest line i'm on that i'm having a lot of fun you also recruit offices for officers for your ship i ran to ran into a gang of uh Ratus Faber. And hmm. what what Spell. they are, uh-huh. Uh like maker rats. Uh they are hyper intelligent rats who yeah. think think Redwall. Uh okay. they they like machine equipment. I uh, love those ma- mice. Yeah, they're like little rat engineers and uh they're violent as hell and they're clever. I ran into a gang and they were like we'll sign on to your crew. But you have to help us with a thing. And the thing I'm helping them with is finding their old treasure. Because they're also a band of criminals. And of course. The, the head of their band of criminals was recently killed. Oh, and God. so I'm kind of helping them like recover their heist money. Uh, but that also means hooking back up with all their old mercenary contacts. And like also helping them settle the score potentially with... A hamster officer that sold them out oh, on their last this mission. Is so oh, fucking shit. good! I love it so yeah. much. <laughs> so this is this is the this is the upside. This is the shit that's like really good in this yeah. game, and it's funny and it's charming. Um, the thing I can't overstate is that so much of this game is going to be just like slowly crawling across this landscape, mm-hmm. and it is a very pretty landscape. And bad things can happen in a moment's notice. But once you've sort of got the world mapped out and you've, you kind of know where you're going, it's also a game of a lot of, like, repetition of a thing that is very slow. Hmm. And that's the downside. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this tiny little ship in this, like, huge... And you're so... Like, your your point of view is just so far back. Like, you're so far removed from... From from the ship itself, right? You're not like seeing little people run around. Yeah, on the ship that's or why something. I was confused when you're talking about like your crew. I was like, w- where? <laughs> um, but but yeah, it seems like you're. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, right? Is that you're this tiny little thing in this cosmic universe that is, you know, not 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 set up to to keep you comfortable, uh, to say the least. The the crew also does give you like mechanical benefits and stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like, oh, if you have good engineers, it's cheaper to repair your ship or whatever. Gotcha. Basically, well, your train, your and here here are a couple of clever systems to re- they built dirigible. in. Uh, your your vessel has a safe operating number, so if you if you have the correct number of crewmen, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you're going to be fine. Nothing bad will randomly happen. But if you dip below that number, bad things will start randomly happening. Uh, and they can be pretty severe. And so, like, as you begin having various Silenshribdis moments, uh, you begin having crew members disappear in these little plot oh, events. No. 
Uh, and so the longer voyage goes on, just the riskier things are going to get. The right. game also encourages you to push your luck in this other weird way. The more stuff you have on your ship, the slower it moves. Not the slower it moves, the more fuel it burns. Mm. So you're actually incentivized to underfuel your vessel because fuel takes up weight. Right. And so don't fuel up completely. Instead, start with like half a tank and you'll probably find more along the way. And you'll be so much more fuel efficient. Wait. <laughs> so if you... Okay, wait. So if you carry a lot of stuff, yep. you burn a lot of fuel. But if you got a lot of fuel, it's heavy. Yeah. So you burn more fuel. Yeah. It's a scam. That's a scam. <laughs> That's, That's a cycle. This is why I walk um, everywhere. <laughs> so the, and this is, this is actually... like The way it plays out is kind of like ingenious. As things, it's like the opposite of when you're driving your car. In this game, as your fuel goes lower, it goes further. And so you have these long drawn out moments where like, I don't know if I'm going to make port. Oh, that's like, so this good. is getting mad. That's but really good. As, but yeah, but as things get worse, each drop of fuel keeps going further. And you're like, I think I can do this. <laughs> uh, and so like, it gets pretty excruciating. And the, the whole game is built on these sort of push your luck elements of, especially when you're exploring, you don't know where the port, like you know there's a port out there that is selling, uh, you know there's a devil colony. The devil colony of Carillon is out there somewhere. Natalie just gave me a look like a devil. Natalie, we've been said this game is set in hell. I know, but I just don't believe it yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's, so basically the, what are Hell, you? Are you, you make a character, right? You're whatever you want to be. So could I be a devil? Um, I could be here. I could be your angle, or I could be your devil. At least at the start, you start as a citizen of London, or at least an exit. So, like that means at one point you 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 were our human. Okay. Uh, but as far to as begin like, with your background, uh, you can be a lot of different things. The game also doesn't make any assumptions about like. Uh, you know, gender or sexuality, like all of that stuff is in flux. It's all like, this That's is an great. extremely uh, non-binary game is the way I would put it. Uh, and you have, and as you level up, you add new wrinkles to your backstory. So it's basically like if Austin's Ooh. the DM, it's like at each level you get a choice of like, so what other of these events happened in your past? And they That's change really your cool. stats. So Ooh. you're like, ah, yes, now I recall uh, I did do a spell in prison, and I ran that place. I was the king of my cell block. And that gives you extra iron, which is like uh, combat power, and extra uh, like veils, which is like insight or uh, like power to the Update mind. this game right now. Can I just Thanks, say Rob. that when you said I did a spell in prison, I was like, you doing magic in prison? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it could. I don't know. I don't know this game. I guess it could happen. <laughs> Rob, I'm sorry. I'm a fool. <laughs> the same way I know. <laughs> God, I love this because like that. So I'm looking at the list of all these now. I don't want to spoil them, but I'll talk about the one that you just talked about, the, the spell in prison one. So you pick an origin. That'd be like soldier or poet or street urchin or priest or whatever. Then you pick. You academic. Get, academic is on there. Yeah, obviously. You know what it is. And then you get. Uh, past facets, and the one that the one that Rob just talked about, a spell in prison, is really interesting because there's a choice on it. Like, do these all have choices? Yeah, Rob. Okay, so spell in prison says 
The judge, stony-faced, the judge, stony-faced, condemned you to New Newgate, the stalactite prison of old London. Its dark was thick as tar. Its cells were small as pantries. How did you spend your days there? And your choice is either you served your time quietly or better the wolf than the lamb. Which do you choose, Natalie? Uh, I would say y'all need to come up with a better name than New Newgate. No, London's fucked up. You could have said, like, <laughs> New Newgate. Newer Gate. Well, just, <laughs> just condensed it a you little. You don't want to know what happened at Old Newgate. <laughs> okay. So the thing is, where this game has, like, this game also has a fascination with Victorian England. Absolutely. Right. right. But it Edwardian. begins. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that correction. That is uh, crucial. You know, I get that wrong so often. Um, but the thing is, it begins from the assumption that fundamentally it was a silly place in a lot of ways, right? right? Like mm-hmm. its vision, like the Victorians of fallen London are often well-mannered clowns, right? That like it is an empire of... Uh, venal buffoons in a lot of places, like go, like just going around the world and getting themselves into trouble and like leaving ruin and wreckage in their wake. Sunless Skies begins to, I think, and, and there's a good Twitter thread on this, I think, from Chris Gardner uh, from Fail Better, um, but talking about how they tried to interrogate these themes of colonialism and uh, exploration, right? How do you make a game about this stuff and not also make it nostalgic or flattering of mm. one of the largest and often one of the most brutal empires uh, in history? And look, don't at me as far as the... We're not having the who, which empire was worst conversation. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not holding those Olympics uh, mm-hmm. today. <laughs> but the... Um, one of the themes that comes through a lot of this game is space was not uninhabited. Right. Uh, there were already people there. And here comes London and its various competing interests all sort of fanning out and trying to grab the resources they are finding in this world without fully gra- like understanding even what it is they're encountering. So like mm. one of the major aspects of this game is there's something called the hours trade. You can mine time uh, from these special like Aww. mountains that exist in the world, like that Justin Timberlake movie. The one where the t- time's up. Justin Timberlake's here. Just in time. That was him. Is that the Stop one? Everyone's got a barcode on there, or yeah, the little a, like, has like on a, their wrist. Wait, do you don't remember this? That's a. Uh, hey there, Delilah song. What, in the time. Band? In time. In time is the name of the movie. In time. Justin what? Timberlake. They what all... was Plain White Tees had a song. Hey there, hey there Delilah. Delilah. Not no. Wait. Dude, if you're gonna name drop another Plain White Tees song, then <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one to help you. Hey there, Delilah. What's the time in New York City? That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a there's a music video in which, and I think it's uh, were they mined for time? Plain? No, I think it's a plain white tees, but that they have like the time on their wrist, and it, no, like, that's from the movie though. Ticks down. No, wait, what? That's from that movie. That's from you're that describing movie. that movie. The movie you're describing is it a is all just... time all reject all American, all American rejects? rejects? Oh, they... Early aughts, don't fail me now, please. 
Uh, anyway, there's a music video about Wait, what's this. What's the name of the movie again? In Time. In Time. This is the worst podcast. Yeah, they're just <laughs> dead fucking air while everyone furiously searches. Are you thinking of... Time Stands Still by the All-American Rejects? Y- yes, maybe? I'm looking. I'm looking. We're going to watch this video. Yeah. You know, I've always thought the chronology of Friends with Benefits is also kind of <laughs> sketch. No, this is just them saying like How'd that flash mob get there? Like, how'd they organize a flash mob that quickly? <laughs> no, it's like it's like uh music video music video where they have time on arm <laughs> with like death Damn, maybe countdown we should have just had which empire is worst conversation. We really truly yeah. I got have. the Belgians. <laughs> they fucking sucked. Oh, oh, it's a nickelback. <laughs> is it really no! a nickelback statement? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Watson, <laughs> which which one? Which one is? It? Oh, I see it. It is. It's Nickelback saving me. This dude sees all the time above everyone's head. Oh my god! Wow. I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself so much. Show me what it's like to be the last one standing, and teach me wrong from right, and I'll show you what I can be. Say it for me. Say it to me, and I'll leave this life behind. Say it if it's worth saving me. That's what Nickelback said. That's what Nickelback said. As he saved. I'm sorry I'm cursed. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry I did this, everyone out there and in this room. Douche, douche, douche. <laughs> douche, douche, douche. So uh. to give you an example, like some of the themes this game brings out. Yes. So basically... They've discovered that you can steal time from, like, the mountains, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that means that, as you might expect, a thriving trade opens up as to who gets to get more time uh, of their prime and who loses it, right? And there's one point where you find a uh, small, like, small mining boomtown uh, that's been taken over by, like, Londoners just frantically, like it's a gold rush, just frantically like strip mining this entire mountain. Mm-hmm. And like it's made also very clear that in the history of this place, people have lived there for ages. And as long as the mountain was undisturbed, it was kind of an idyllic place that roughly like time passed strangely there, mm-hmm. but everything was roughly like in harmony. Mm-hmm. And now right. people are just tearing the mountain apart, trying to get at whatever time they can they can pull from it. And the question is, what's going to be left when all this ends? Like, what's going to happen to the people who've always lived there when the boom ends and now their mountain is all fucked up and the miners leave? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of like vignettes you find throughout this universe, right? Like, London is out there trying to reestablish like a commercial empire. And in so doing, they are changing the world and often not for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is one of the ways this game is at least trying to address this idea of like what that era represented. And this game, so I never beat Sunless Seas, but I'm or Sunless Sea, but my impression was always when you create a character, you create an ambition with them. You say like, hey, here's the thing that I want to achieve. Um, and again, just from going from Sunless Sea, that ambition was often like, I want to be famous. or like, I want a bunch of money. Um, it was not, it, it's not like I want to rule fallen London. It's not like I want to change. This is not like a Bioware game where the final act is 
and then the entire world is kind of turned on its head and we have a new status quo. It's lots of smaller life stories inside of it, which makes me think that like, if that's the direction this is going, then it's going to an ascendant London again. And like maybe a future title will start to further criticize that or, or, or explore what the repercussions of something like that are. But my guess is like, you're not going to play this game where it all ends in a big climactic battle and the, the expansion. Though who knows? London killed a son. Right. True. True. I don't know where that happened. Hold on. Fallen London. Google uh-huh. this, actually. Fallen London killed a son? Question mark? Uh, my understanding is that there was a time jump, that this game takes place like 20 years in the future from where Fallen London, the, the web game, is today. When is Sunless Skies set? Is Sunless Skies also going at like a real-life time? No, that's it's like a game I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Fallen, uh, London. Fallen London. What do you mean by going at a real-life time? Because you're saying that that these take place 20 years in advance, Some right? Some of the skies the nouns, dog. Yeah, what are, what are your faves? You know what they call it? What do they the call it? The liberation of night. Oh, look at wow. that. Wow. That's, be, prior to this, <laughs> Victoria <laughs> was known as the Empire. traitor empress. God. Uh, because, like, there were always hints that she is the reason that London was pulled into hell. Um, mm-hmm. And now she is ascendant, and they all love her again. And it's... All founded on this liberation of night. Damn, that's good, right? I like those capital yeah. letter nouns. I love capital letter nouns. I love, I love the thing that I love about this is like if you look up the liberation of night on the internet, it's one of those things that's just in the game and or had been in fall had been referenced in Fallen London, but people didn't know what it meant. Like there would be factions referring to the liberation of night. They would talk about the act of freeing the night. They would refer to the, the revolutionaries who want freedom, but they wouldn't say, of course, the liberation of night is blank. This was just a thing in the backdrop of actions you were doing. Maybe you were gathering something you know, for the liberation of light, and you're like, yeah, all right, now give me the money I need. Give me the fucking six jars of tar I need <laughs> to go back over here. Um, and that stuff is really cool. I'm, I'm very, God, I really, really want to so spend the, the time way, like, in this. I have my issues with this game. It can be slow and boring as hell. There's a lot mm-hmm. of repetition. There's a lot of carry these jars of co- uh, chorister honey right. to uh, Lustrum and do that a bunch to get money to unlock a better ship. There's a lot of that in this game. There's a lot of, I feel like I've done everything in the zone. How the hell do I move out of it? Like what quest have I not unlocked right. that will allow me to move on? There's a lot of that. This game benefits a lot from opacity in that respect. It's a lot like, it's funny to me that, um, cultist simulator, uh, from Alexis Kennedy, who used to write for uh, fail better and, uh, was involved in producing, uh, Fall in London and uh, Sun the Sea. It's funny that he outright like created kind of a clicker game with right. um, with Cultist Simulator. Both both like the house style that Fail Better had and is starting to propagate uh, across more of the industry. I guess benefits a lot from this opacity and the fact that you have to consume it in these little like thimblefuls, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think the minute to minute of this can get like kind of dull and re- repetitive. But as you can see, there's a lot of stuff to chew on. And like when I start talking about it, I like it turns out there's always more to say. There's always more to get into. And so it's still kind of a cool thing. Uh, but I can also see how it would turn away a lot of people who maybe just aren't as 
into that style as I am. Yeah, I, I, the thing for me with this game, like really, honestly, the entire Fall in London universe, the entire like going back to when I was playing Echo Bazaar again, which is now Fall in London, when I tried to play some of the seas, like some of the sea, I keep saying seas because this is skies. Um, I, these games give me a picture into a different version of my life in the sense that I never find that I have the time, patience, or focus to get deep enough into them. Because the life of re reviewing games and writing and talking about games is one in which you are desperate for speed and you want to move through something and understand it as quickly as possible. Um, and, and frankly, it's also, uh, it's also a world in which you hear voice acting a lot. It's not a world of, of like reading lots of text. Like this, I, I love interactive fiction. You know, I like visual novels. I like all of this, the world building that happens here. I, I, you know, love world building in general. Y'all know that about me. Um, but there can be a factor. And I go, this is, goes back to since I was a freelancer trying to play the original Sunless uh, uh, Sea, where I would feel like I couldn't relax enough to let the game wash over me and really enjoy it for what it was, which was a sort of um, an inconsistent, like, story drip, you know? Like, mm -hmm. sometimes you would go 20 minutes before getting a new piece of real story, especially if you were playing with the permadeath on where you might start a new game and be like, all right, well, I'm going to walk through a lot of these same stories again mm. from a similar perspective. I'm just going to button through them this time. Um, uh, though if I turned on the safe mode, this, the like, what was it called again, Rob? Oh, merciful mode. Merciful mode. Maybe I'd be able to get further into this. Um, it's, it's like there's enough here that I know I would like. Um, the only games that like, I mean, ironically, also in the same sort of like politically conscious re, you know, rehabilitation of steampunk that really, really worked for me was 80 Days, which similarly is just this like amazing uh, exploration of the fantasy of steampunk that is performed with a sort of critical rewriting that moves the center of the work away from like Western Europe and kind of zooms out and says, okay, well, here's what the world is. Here's the world. 80 Days is so fucking good. Mm -hmm. um, and so that did it for me. But for whatever reason, Sunless Sea didn't. And and I haven't yet gotten into Sunless Skies. I'm, I'm on a trip next week. It's something that could run on my laptop. And so I'm probably going to load it there and try mm -hmm. to dip into it a little bit. And maybe I'll be able to come back in a week and be like, yeah, this is good. Or two weeks. Whenever I'm back from this question mark vacation. I finally got to relax. And then I could play this game. About being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played this game. So I could talk and write about it. <laughs> Oh, God, no. that's how it goes. That's how it goes. God. Sorry, I'm now reading. I'm. You could. You could. Oh man, there's a fat. There's a one of the the past facets you could have is the liberation of night, and it sounds cool. All right, I'm gonna stop reading about this game so I can one day play it without knowing too much about it. Um, before we wrap, we should also briefly talk. We, Kato, you, you and I both yeah. tried to play the Division Two beta uh, that we launched Thursday, right? Um, last week, aka last night for us recording now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, I, I probably played for like 90 minutes. Um, I played like the intro and then I played the first like full mission three right. times because every time I got to the final boss fight of that, of that mission, it crashed on me. Yeah. Uh, I got disconnected. It didn't crash. We just got, we both got the same disconnected yeah. connection bugs. I think Joel got it too, right? Yeah. I think I like, I was like on forums and people on forums were getting them yeah. and it just like for, it happened to me three times in a row on this same boring boss fight. Wow. It was very frustrating. Did you get any further than that? Yeah, I finished it up. I finished that level today and like went back and like it explains a bunch more systems. Okay. So like you see like so I guess we should set up like 
like what's happening. Like this is the beginning of the game. Yeah, right? you start at the beginning of the game. Basically, just, like maybe there's another different cut. I don't think so. It shows the opening cutscene. Right. I assume that's the opening cutscene. You like storm the. So the division is a the division one was like a near future, very near future post apocalyptic shooter. Uh, that the kind of like actually maybe it's not even near future maybe it's just present and it's even I don't it's it's in There's, the apocalypse yeah it's like mid mid apocalypse yeah um, especially the first one where it's like oh Black Friday is when things went bad it's been a, it's now it's Christmas uh, yeah. and you're in New York in the middle of uh, a a snowstorm um, or like after a snowstorm basically um, and it's like. It was a, it's a loot shooter. It's a Destiny-style game. It's a third-person action game. Yeah. You're getting new guns. You're getting new gear. You're getting new clothes. You're etc. There's plenty of... We've all written and spoke about, about Division a lot already on this podcast or in previous jobs. <laughs> you can find us talking about it throughout the, the internet. Um, this one takes place like uh, a year or two later, right? Or I guess a few years later. That's what I wasn't mark. clear about. Because... Oh, is it months? I think we're literally. And they've in the set up. They've set up and are starting to like, huh? Grow crops and things like. That there's seems new... quick. Yeah, right. That's why I thought it was maybe more time. I don't know. It seems we... I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell how long it's been, but right. there's definitely been a complete collapse of all government. Right. right. Well, now you're in DC, yeah. and you <laughs> you set up in the in the White House. Yep. You like the game opens with you like basically storming the White House as a local gang called the hyenas are trying to to raid it and you kind of fight them off and you go in and you it's immediately like it feels so much like the division one. I haven't played yeah. the division one in probably 18 months or something. Um, but about. like it's immediately just like, okay, you're here's your HQ, here's like your vendors, here are the places where you will, I guess, like upgrade little side parts of your HQ. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are more there are more new mechanics it seems like you can recruit people for the different hqs or whatever yeah the new the new bits is basically this uh these settlements that exist outside of like out in uh the map of like civilians essentially that have like this is our home now basically Mm -hmm. and you go on missions for them and help them and then like some of sometimes you'll be able to recruit people from those settlements to come help you back at HQ on like a you've got kind of these two missions right there's the one mission of like help like local communities be protected from like these roving gangs or whatever and the other one being we're trying to reinstate like we we need, we we want the government back right uh which hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 so like I, the thing is like from what i played i basically got the intro cutscene which like had some like whatever clancy-esque yeah like rah-rah patriotism in it that was like ugh. um and then and then the shooting and like i can talk about those two different things or i guess there was one other cutscene in which like you meet a guy who was like you're the sheriff in town. You're the, like, literally has a map of D.C. Yeah. With, like, a chess piece on it, a little army soldier, and a little sheriff figurine. He's like, this is you. You're the sheriff, yep. the new sheriff in town. Plop, knocks over the rook. Um, and, and I, like, all that Sheriffs stuff Sheriffs are felt- great. Beloved American institution. Beloved, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then you know, there's there's the sort of thing of like going around and and you can find collectibles and yeah. the stuff from the Division One that had like the yeah. echoes of like little kind of story vignettes you could find out in the world. Yeah, it really just felt like a lot like the Division One to me. It uh, at least as far as here's the thing. Here's the thing that really felt different to me was the the way the skills like there's more skills and they're yes. presented differently and. From a mechanical perspective, that seemed interesting. There's more variety in like the way you can build out. But from like 
narratively it felt it felt like it's just leaning more and more into that like um tech fetishism of mm-hmm. around like military tech that it, like there's you got a drone now like that's the cool new thing is that you got this drone that can shoot people or heal you right, right. like and it's just like um it feels like there's a there was a small moment when i first saw this game where i hoped maybe they learned something about the missteps of the division one and within the this hour or two ish that i've played of they're like no they they have not they have yeah. not they're they're retracing the exact same steps um they're i don't know if you saw this uh, but a thing that i noticed that they're like directly linking so the hyenas where uh there's like a lot of like they like have graffiti on themselves oh, yeah. on their armor and yeah. stuff and and like there's a lot of this green spray paint mm-hmm. going around uh if during um on the way to the first mission there's this big area where there's like a bunch of protest signs mm-hmm. uh and they're all in that exact same green and it's all like anti-government stuff right it's all like we're protesting the government because y'all y'all aren't keeping like right as the apocalypse is happening the government is fucking up and there's the protesters are you know out there and they've 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 linked these two ideas right like that those people the people that are mad with the government for fucking up are now the gangs roving around it's the same thing as the first game with like there are four gangs right and it's gonna be the same mix that's like anyone pushed to the extreme is really bad because right. because we know that there is also the group that is the like rah-rah hyper patriots called the true sons right. i don't think they show up in the demo necessarily they, there's a there's a mission i just got okay. that deals with them so i don't know i haven't seen them yet but i'll probably get it to it over the weekend yeah they're like ex-soldiers basically yeah. and i think there's another group again that is another pmc and so it's like it's going to keep doing the same thing yeah. that that clancy games or clancy the world of clancy always does right going back to rainbow six which uh, for people who maybe don't remember the big bads of rainbow six ended up being like eco-terrorists who were, were anti-global warming which is extremely funny um yeah. you know they, they killed a bunch of people you know ding, ding chavez had to do what he had to do but uh yeah like i'm not looking like the stuff for me the question ended up being are they going to lean more into so the small stuff that worked for me in the world of the division two were yeah. a f- some of the like audio diaries you would get which Definitely. would actually give a little bit of color and flavor and, and personality and, hu- and humanity to the world um, and then also there were just the way your HQ became a home for people right. over the course of play seemed really neat. They are leaning into this idea of the settlements and like the when I was walking around there and as like new things opened up after the first mission, you would see more people uh, like coming out and just like living their lives. You know, there are people planting in the new hydroponics that got right, set up right. because you finished the mission. Now you have some more supplies you can, you know, uh, and that it does feel like they're trying to move that thing that was just in the HQ out to these other like spots that you're, you know, helping build these communities. But it, it's like, then there's also these missions where you're working with other division agents to try to like, you know, bring back the, the status quo. Right. It, like, it's like, it feels like it's work. Like it's trying to have all options available to you as like a player, but like eventually you're going to have to go down and do those other missions as well. And like, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, like it's just like, I, 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 it's like, it, it, hmm. So last week, real quick, before Rob, I saw your hand. I go, you, you asked the question, Rob. Go ahead, because maybe I'll get there. So just, just top line thing here. When I think about Division One, yeah, 
a lot of times what I remember is walk down a street. Oh, shit. There's bad dudes down the street. Yep. Post up behind a car. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mow those dudes down. Maybe throw a grenade keep walking or down use your ability. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, the first mission. Is got any more? No. Well, like, is there more variety here? So we're playing. We're playing mm. the intro to this game, yeah. right? So that's already like who the fuck knows. The beta is weird. The beta is gonna unfold some like end game stuff with specializations yeah. right. over the course of the weekend. So you'll be able to see that. Uh, Kato maybe. Ne- well, I guess based on the recording, it'll be another <laughs> another <laughs> right. Yeah. By the time you hear this, people at listening may have already played that stuff. We have not played it because at the time of the recording, that wasn't out yet. Right. Uh, maybe that stuff will be like mind blowing and really great. They have like specializations, like each specialization has its own weapon as well, instead of just being skills, too. So, like, there could yeah. be interesting things totally. there, but like, who knows? Who knows? The thing that for me is like surprising was I came off of Anthem feeling pretty good about Anthem, especially the, the non Ranger suits, the non default, yeah. like, starter suit, basically. And was not that, but but and yet was not that surprised to see that the vast majority of people or that there was a, that there was a negative sentiment about that about sure. that game or like a a hmm, I'm not sure if this is gonna pull together type of sentiment. Right. On the other hand, I I like I kind of thought okay, well the division two is gonna come out and it's gonna be like more of the same, but more of the same in a way that it's gonna it's gonna move things forward as a as a shooter mm-hmm. in such a way that people are gonna really like connect to it and i expected myself to also connect to it right the division one was a game that i enjoyed playing as much as i was frustrated by its politics and storytelling Absolutely. and everything else and so to pick this up and immediately be bored by it was like not what i expected right. like I, again i played through that first mission a, a few times but even in the first playthrough i was just like these enemies are really boring these yep. abilities aren't that interesting like i'm not having a good time doing like, the shooting and yeah, like the 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 environments aren't even that like no, interesting I to move miss around. The snow so much. Yeah. Also, and like or like even like the when you're in this in the building for that mission, it's like you know it's a bunch of corridors and yeah. they don't do. There's like barely anything yep. interesting about the way that it's laid out. It's just like a lot of uh, yeah. It 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 feels like they the the they made they made change. They like took division and like didn't do anything to the first like half of its progression or something basically right. like it's all gonna be it's all gonna feel exact almost and then exactly you the think same. maybe end game will be and then maybe end game will yeah. do something because they are adding the specializations that you get to that add different abilities oh, yeah. and yeah. weapons and things so like but it's it's it doesn't feel like enough of a change to me to especially in the same uh not month like that's a month after anthem but like between Anthem and the new Destiny thing that will drop in in March, like I don't see myself finding the time for the division when I have these two other right. games that fill that progression, like the the want for like cool new loot and like also the multiplayer of playing with friends and like I got my third person one in Anthem, I got my first person one in Destiny, and like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there also a chance that they just don't show enough in this demo because like. I came away from the E3 demo thinking, okay, yes, it is still more division, mm-hmm. but the tactical spaces have opened up enough, enough different stuff stuff is happening that the shooting feels interesting in a way that it was not in Division 1. Uh, if I think back to the Division 1's demo that came out before it released, that was also boring as hell. Yeah. Like, the problem here is they give you the stingiest little taste of a game that only succeeds on the back of excess. Right. Right? Like... No five-minute period, no 20- or 30-minute period in Division justifies the existence of that game. It only justifies itself 
when you sort of give yourself over to the uneven enormity of it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. It's also I apologize for those noises a few minutes ago. I thought I was muted, uh, but apparently I was not. not so muted. you heard me unboxing my counter clippers. Oh, I got so excited! Oh. I thought this was going to be like an unboxing vid section, vid unboxing podcast. What are those? It's a counter clipper. What's a counter clipper? Well, when so a tabletop war game has cardboard chits. Uh. And to pre- uh-huh. to make sure they have a long, happy life, That's you have to are. clip them so they have clean, rounded edges. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the cardboard will, the the decoration will peel away from the cardboard backing, and then you won't have a good counter anymore. But don't they but get this little guy smaller? No, because no. you're just it's it's like a little hangnail for a cardboard counter. Yeah, it's already perforated. Got yeah, you're just like taking off like the little like. Wait, are those example. the same as nippers? A punch out sheet. Are they basically. similar? No, they're bigger. You, they're you bigger couldn't see nippers. them. They're like yeah, that. Those look big. Let me see them. Hold them up. Yeah, they're big. The counters will. Where do you? What do you do with? What the? What? That looks like you're doing hair. That's huge. Yeah, that's like a hair straightener. That's a flat iron. <laughs> that's a that's what they're called. Flat iron. Right. I know from yeah. hair. You just sort of you just sort of nestle a little cardboard in there. Friend yeah, and then in snap. that little in that little notch. Right, and you squeeze it, and it sort of guillotines the the, the rough edges. Oh, this right, right here is good podcasting. <laughs> we <laughs> something should, you can't see. You can't see it from home, and you can't. You just have to imagine the theater of the mind. Uh, I'm gonna actually wrap up here on this note. I was gonna do some questions, but I have to run to a meeting, and it's we're already long. We're already going a little long. So I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Natalie? At Natalie Watson. Cato. At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Rob Zachney. Uh, apparently trying to figure out how mute works on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. As always, you can find everything we do at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice, and right here at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, Shouts to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You for the off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, and is that it? What else are we going on? Again, I'm out this week. Um, there's a chance we won't do a waypoints. We're in the middle of a of a switch up uh, on our studio. We're yeah. moving into another new studio space. Um, who knows what the energy is like in that room? I'm excited. It's it has it has mood lights. It has mood lights. Mm. It has the energy's been so good to us. I know. Yeah. I know. We're gonna carry uh, it with us. Well, there's like the control room started speaking at us. I'm shocked it didn't happen today. Yeah. Yesterday we were in here for a meeting and there like there's a control booth like with little toggles and stuff and we were just like like logged in i guess to vice production like vice tv vice hbo production comms comms yeah comms and it was just like uh yeah we got that we got the thing you were asking for we're gonna bring it through in a second you there are you there and Uh, i was like uh, hello right well then then somebody uh, else would be like yeah i'm here i'm here i'm here and i was like ah yeah so we gotta get the fuck out of this room (laughs) yep before that starts happening they took hbo off and i can't watch the new tom cruise mummy movie what is the fucking point yeah Agreed. If I can't watch the monster, the failed monster universe, dark, dark monster universe, while I do a podcast, then I don't want to fucking be here. Period. So we're going to get HBO in the new room. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do that, but what if we did? We should get a mini fridge. We should get a mini back chair. A third monitor for HBO. And a th- HBO monitor. Or just a loop of practical magic. Just a loop of practical <laughs> magic. All right. On that note, uh, someone please take me out. Of life, just end, end <laughs> me. Put me in the trash. Here I go. Peace.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. <laughs> My head rolling off cartoonishly, resurrected oh, by some witches. Oh, that wasn't me cutting off your head. That was me putting you in a bag. Oh. That was not shink. You did like that would be shoomp. kill. You went shoomp. Shoomp. Yeah, I don't think you were like clock towering. So it, so like no, shoomp. Is like the dumpster like, noise. Yeah, I got it's like you. Shink, shink is shink. A it's like a sword. Is yeah. Like a, yeah, 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 I got yeah. you. Yeah. You got yeah. me? Now I got you. Peace. Bye. <laughs>